Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Neolothotep in our China chapter. So as we'd like to do at the top show, I'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. If you would like to support the show and all of its wonderful tentacles, you can at patreon.com slash the Old Ways Podcast and stop over to our YouTube channel and subscribe. And if you mention tentacles in this episode, you might win something special. But now I'd like to get to introductions. So to my right. Hi, this is Tiffany and I play Maeve O'Shea and there's weirdness afoot. Mm, indeed there is. To Miss O'Shea's right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane and we're on an island. At the end of the table. This is Jake. I'll be playing Jack Doyle and I feel like something fishy is going on. Mm, indeed. Is that a tuna in your back pocket or are you just happy to see me, Mr. Doyle? Yes. To Mr. Doyle's right. Uh, this is Lonnie, and I'm playing Robert Drummond, and, but we're just going for a nice stroll on the beach. Yes, a nice pleasure cruise in eel-infested waters. Uh, to Mr. Drummond's right. Hi, this is James, and I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach, and um, on an island like this, I suppose um, all of our fantasies could come true. Mm, no. And last, most certainly not least. This is Alex playing Saint-Bérin, and he is ready to get Wet and wild. Speaking of that, you're all wet immediately as the episode begins because you've all gotten off the boat and have gotten into the water. So what I'm going to ask as we begin this episode immediately is dex roll. I rolled a one. Oh, congratulations. Take five points of luck immediately on a critical success. I have to use it. I rolled a six under 55, so extreme success. Mm-hmm. 66 out of 80. Okay. Miss Lane. An 80 out of 90. And Miss O'Shea. 49 out of 65. Fantastic. Everyone has succeeded. So one of the things that you immediately feel upon entering the water is sharp rocks. At least that's what it feels like. And you can feel them not just underneath the, the shoes, boots, etc. that you're wearing, but when you go and, and try to move forward, you realize that the reef here has pockets of irregular uh, footing. And you can feel some of you who are wearing pants, some of you who might be wearing robes, you can feel those sharp rocks on your skin. But luckily, none of you are harmed by them. You make it to shore, a bleak, black shore. Now that we're actually on the shore, is it like covered in ash? Uh, there does seem to be some ash here, yes. It's not to uh, make this situation any more dire than it needs to be, but 
do we anticipate that New China is going to be able to handle any um, potential hostages and people being held against their will? It's not like it's uncommon in places like this. To be honest, I really don't know. I'm guessing if they have uh, prisoners here, they're probably not uh, in a very good state. Well, that, that we can be sure of. I remember there was talk about uh, some some reason to take Ho Feng alive. Is that still on the is that still on the table, or is that no longer a concern? At this point, we uh, our original deal with uh, New China is over, so I have no I don't care one way or another. Okay, good. I will break down the trank rifle because I have no intention of carrying it if I don't need it. I have Forsyth's rifle with me. I made make sure that out of the ammunition that Sam brought in the long the longboat that um, I make sure that I'm you know fully stocked and yeah. loaded um, hey Sam in, in your supplies that you brought did you bring any like belts or anything for carry like utility type belts you're asking you're asking Sam if he has straps yep I will uh, I will rig a harness or, or two for for Miss Lane does Rob Liefeld have extra teeth yeah <laughs> Pouches is one thing I have no shortage of. So yes, we will we will kit her out with whatever she needs. I'm guessing there's probably there used to be something for an axe and uh, a rifle and some ammunition. Uh, yeah, I think we can make that happen. I brought one of the. I did not bring my um, my hatchet. I brought the the curved blade. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. That, that's not going to fit in your boot. No, that's why I asked if you had anything that I could use to carry it on, okay. like on a belt. Yeah, well, I mean, that or you could strap it to your leg like Miss O'Shea does all of her bladed I'd hurt weapons. myself if I, at one fall, I cut my leg off. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be that. Yes, I, pre- I present an enormous amount of straps, and then I take care of it. Thanks. I suppose we'll follow the, uh, the beach. All right, will you be following it the south? South. Or? Okay. You begin following it south. So this place truly is, for lack of a better term, desolate. Uh, The palm trees here, even the ones on the island, which would normally be directly at the edge of the water, um, they're corrupted, for lack of a better term. They're dark, almost a, a dark purple. And they sort of wilt and hang over. Uh, The rocks and sand here are gray to black. Everything here seems just a shade or two darker than you would normally expect it to be. I gotta say, uh, tropical islands aren't as nice as I expect them to be. You're going to the wrong islands. (laughs) You notice that there are a couple of these steam vents as you make your way quietly, carefully, south and try to avoid them it's not terribly easy you do have to to walk around some of them because some are larger than the others uh, they belch a acrid scent sulfurous into the air and probably in the first 10 minutes or so you counter two or three of them it looks like the island is sort of pocked with them along the way a pretty uh, active volcano then. I mean, if you had natural world, then right. sure, you'd right. know that. Speaking of travel, 
I'm going to have you make all, all you all of you make hard spot hidden rolls. 74 out of 75. All right. Miss Lee? It's a 64 out of 88. Okay, so not a hard success. No. Very good, but not a... Not uh, a failure. Not a failure. <laughs> Jack? I got 39 under 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, 78 over 55. All right. 53 under 80. All right. And Sam? Uh, 77 versus 85. So just a regular success. So Jack, you are the only one who sees it. And that is fortunate for you. For the rest of you, it is not so fortunate. Jack, you see it a moment before it arrives you see something beneath your feet on this dark sand shift, and you see an enormous pincher come out and try to grab at your foot. You are not surprised. Let me just state that. The rest of you, however, are. The dark sands beneath your feet come alive with motion, and things start grabbing at you. So I'm going to make uh, on the surprise round that I have, uh, attack rolls. And the only person that gets to dodge or fight back is Mr. Doyle. Unless you have a pulp talent that prevents you from being surprised or like an alertness that would give you advantage on a surprise roll. One pincher comes out at you, Miss O'Shea. You're wearing robes too, aren't you? Yes. What kind of footwear you got on, lady? Probably some kind of flat. Okay. You get you get um, <laughs> some some pincers try to stab at you. Uh, they do not seem to, to make their um, their immediate presence of those pincers uh, known to you, but they you hear a, an enormous and uh, and sort of frightening clacking sound underneath your feet, and you see a big crab come out of the sand and snap at your feet. Awesome. It is. It's actually pretty great. Miss Lane, the same thing happens to you. Uh, they snap at your feet. Jack, dodge or fight back? Fight back. All right. 22 under uh, 75. Okay. Go ahead. And what are you fighting back with? My, one of those curved blades that uh, Lillian had given me. Okay. You swing a blade down. This is damage. Seven points of damage. You hear a meaty thock, like you're trying to cut into a tree. And when you hit this thing, mm -hmm. uh, that blade goes in, but not very deep. Ooh. It's got a big armored carapace. Mr. Drummond, <laughs> I'm going to attempt to clip. Nope. These crabs suck. <laughs> and then doctor. Doctor. Nope. <laughs> Can I get one of you? Yep, you bet, Sam. Uh, so just so we're all uh, aware visually, uh, they're, they seem to be bulbous and mutated. Size 55. Jesus. Those are really big. There is no Sandy loss, though, which is uh, helpful for... It's like man-sized crabs. Yes. Yes, they are. So unless you're scared of crabs and actually have a fear of crabs, there's no sand be lost. No. Okay. Um, but you do get attacked, Sam. 
Uh, so... I do wish that I had distilled butter. That is two damage, Sam. You get clicked by one of these pincers. So you essentially each have one of them to deal with at the moment. And now we can actually go into rounds. So the sand beneath your feet comes alive with these massive crabs that begin to shake loose underneath the sand and the soil and they snap up at at you. Uh, Miss Lane has the highest dexterity. Since we weren't clear directly if anyone had any guns out or at the ready, we won't take that into initiative count at this point. And since it was surprise, you wouldn't get the benefit of being able to shoot anyway. You can take a normal action now on 90. I am going to take out the curved blade that I have with me Mm -hmm. and try to stab one in its head, the closest one. Because the head's got to be pretty big if, I mean... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can definitely swing uh, the curved blade at the head. That's fighting brawl. Um, That is an 80 out of 48. Okay. I am going to just take the the fail. Very good. (laughs) Uh, The crab you're fighting will fight back. It fails too. Um, So you dance back and forth with this crab. That's 80, so that's going to be Mr. Drummond. I'm going to uh, take the harpoon that I had from when I was sounding, and I'm going to uh, try and stab this thing. Go for it. In a weak spot. Nope, that is a 59 over 25. Very good. Crab will fight back. Okay. And 75 is going to be Sam. I will... Once I recover and uh, realize how how large and and scary this thing is, it occurs to me that it might still be, it's still a crab, maybe. So I don't know. I don't know how bright it is, but what kind of cover is there around here? Like, where can I move to create some distance or or I don't know high ground? You're on the beach, so unlikely. Okay. That you'll find cover. Okay. And we haven't heard the deck gun yet? You have not, nope. You haven't heard any guns, which you think is likely by design. Okay. I'm going to bring forth the the, the harpoon and try to keep this thing at bay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm already seeing people get snapped at lunging at these things so I kind of want to bring it to me so I'll keep its attention and I'll wave the harpoon in its face to make sure it's not wandering off but uh, I'm going to wait and give it a chance to make a move that I can try to take advantage of okay fair enough Uh, so I believe Maeve is next I am going to pull out my dagger and try and stab it that sounds like a fantastic idea. That is a nine out of 55. Okay, that's an extreme success. I'm going to attempt to dodge. I do not. So you need to roll damage first for the dagger, and then you need to roll pow. Okay. Uh, the dagger damage is three. So it's going to do eight plus three, so that's 11. Okay. 
And then pop, 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 pow. There it is. Uh, 31 out of 83. Very good. Uh, are you down any hit points? Uh, no. All right. Are you down any MP? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, so you pull the dagger out and with a swift strike, you cut into the face, the direct face of this crab. And as you do, you feel that sudden and additional bite of the dagger as it pulls your elbow closer to the crab, feeding hungrily off of this life force. And when you rip the blade back out, you realize it's taken the head off and it's flung it across the beach. And the crab deflates as a dramatic green energy comes along with it. Excellent. Then I will turn towards the near... Uh, well, how close is the dock to me? I would likely imagine fairly close. Uh, it is the doctor's action. Okay. I was just going to say I'm turning facing that direction. I know I can't move, but that's the direction mm-hmm. I will be heading in. Certainly. Doctor? Doc will be utilizing uh, his cane, which seems a good, decent way to block at least crab claws and attempt to go for the head, face, eyes area of these crabs as that seems a, a soft, squishy bit amongst all this um, crustaceanal shellage. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly worked for uh, Miss O'Shea. It seemed to. Give us a roll. Oh my god. 93 over 70. You could push that roll if you'd like. You know, I think I will push it. He uh, steps, um, since we're on the sand and the, the sandy, pebbly beach, uh, he gets his footing wrong and decides to dig in and really lunge at this crab in front of him, really driving the um, driving his cane home, but possibly throwing himself off balance to boot. Alrighty. Okay, so that's a 99 over 70. All right, it's fail push. So you step in, Doctor, and when you step in and fail the roll, the crab is going to fight back. And in doing so, it is going to grab hold of you and really break down with its, uh, sort of bite down with its pincers and uh, deal you some damage. You take three points of damage. Okay. Um, your thigh now has a very serious gash along it, and uh, the crab that has you has a hold of you. And so it is actually latched onto you. And it seems like it's going to move its other pincer up towards your neck to try to sort of finish the job. And so... <laughs> I will attack again. Okay. It's 11 under 75. Okay. So roll damage plus... Uh, roll damage plus... Uh, D plus eight because it's an impale. 15. Okay. You use this heavy handled bladed weapon that Miss Lane secured and you bring it down in a, in essentially an, an axe motion and you bring the heaviest portion of this blade down along its head and the, the back of its carapace and you, you hear a significant pop from it. It vibrates all the way up your shoulder. Uh, 
and that doesn't necessarily feel great. Mm. Uh, but this blade sinks deep into this crap. And I'd like you to make me a power roll. Uh, 30 under 50. You have to hold back from being immediately hungry as fresh meat is displayed in front of you. You can smell fresh crab meat. And now all you want to do is feast. Okay. Uh, So the crabs are going to get to go. Those that are left. Um, So we'll just go around one. The one on Miss O'Shea is dead. Very dead. Uh, But the one on Lillian is not. And it is going to attack you with its pincers. You can choose to fight back if you'd like. Am I allowed to dodge or no? You are allowed to dodge. So dodge or fight back, your choice. Let's do fight back. Very good. Um, I get a 53 out of 48. I will... Can I spend the luck to... You can spend luck during fight back. I will spend the luck Mm -hmm. to make it a success. Very good. Roll damage. Uh, For the curved blade. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have your D8 out? Thank you. Aw, isn't it nice? Like some married couple. That's so nice. (laughs) It's an eight. Okay, very good. Uh, You give it a a healthy, solid whack, and then it comes at you again with another pincer. And when it does, it swipes hard, too hard, and brings itself off balance. And you see it sort of fall, fall to the side, almost fall over, and it gets a little bit buried in the sand. All right. So the one on Jack is kaput. And so we'll turn to Mr. Drummond. It's dodge or fight back, sir, your choice. I will dodge. And that is a 13 out of 40. You successfully dodge the first attack. Now the second. If you choose to dodge the second attack, you'll be at disadvantage. Yeah, we'll try anyways. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a failure. 72 over 40. All right. You get hit for three points of damage. Doctor. All right. Doctor, you are missed, sir, with the first attack. And with the second. Oh, actually, in a a terrible way. Uh, So the second attack, this one, um, it moves in a very strange way. And you're sort of able to pirouette around and uh, get out of the way. I definitely do so. And now Sam. Sam, uh, dodge or fight back? Well, I'll fight back first. Okay. I got a success. 53 under 78. Okay. Roll damage. What is a harpoon? D8. That's what I rolled against Jack. Nice. Uh, that would be five. You definitely feel the bite into this uh, harder carapace that it has. Then I would like to follow it up with a... Uh, did I manage to stick it? Is it is it stuck? No, it's going to move, obviously, during the, the fight back. Like, So I'm, as- I'm basically I'm asking, like, because my, my choice would be to, to try to figure out how to just, like, drive this thing in. So it would just be another just be another attack. I'm just considering, you know, my options here. Sure. So so you have your fight back. Yeah. Which is what you've just taken. It's going to attack again because it gets multiple attacks. Right. So, so do I get to fight back again? You do. At disadvantage, okay. if you choose to fight back again. Uh, let's see. 
68 under 78. Okay, very good. Roll damage. And when you do, I would like you to add a d4 to that. So a total of five with a d8 and a d4. You end up, um, because the creature seems to make, I guess, a mistake. Perhaps it's not prepared for you to have such a long-hafted weapon. It doesn't maneuver properly when it comes for its second strike. And you're able to take advantage and get a really good hit sort of in some of the the tender meat portions uh, between its carapace. Excellent. So for our viewers at home, uh, the creature rolled 100. So I'm just giving the players a little extra damage for that failure. Sam, you can actually take your held action. I would. I would like to wheel then and... Uh, assist the doctor with his uh, his problem, so I will I will lunge onto the one that is attacking the doctor. Okay, I'm gonna reach for that that nice out outstretched pincer. That'll be a success, sixty four under seventy eight. All right, roll damage. Seven damage. Okay, so that's the one on the doctor. Uh, it turns towards you, Sam. Oh, hello. Did it let the doctor go? <laughs> yeah, it let the doctor go. Because it got pain from, you know, its backside. And then Lillian, as we open the room. So I see um, Sam helping with the doctor with that crab, correct? It does seem to be, yes. Okay, is there any other crabs? The one on Jack is gone. The one on Lillian is gone. There is one that Mr. Drummond is fighting. Okay, I will go help Mr. Drummond then. Okay. Um. So I will... Is it back facing... I mean, me it's, a, it's a crab. I mean, it's so got a lot of back. It does. It also has a lot of side. It also has two pincers. Yeah. Um, it, am I coming up behind it, though? You are. Okay. So then I will um, use the, the blade again to try to get in between the... There's the top of the shell or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying to hit a soft spot on it. Sure. Um, since you are also fighting it at the same time, Mr. Drummond... Miss Lane is going to pick up an advantage die because you're teaming up on it. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so I get a 65 out of 48. You reroll your tens yep. die automatically. Oh, I get a 35 out of 48. Very good. Roll damage. Get a six. All right. Very good. Uh, so, Mr. Drummond. Yeah, let's uh, see if I can um, do a thing. Ah, uh, that is an odd seven out of 25. So that's a hard success. Actually, I will spend two points to make that an extreme. Fantastic idea. Uh, so that is now an impale. So it is base damage and then rolled damage. As my luck travels downward toward the magic line, 14 points of damage. All right, very good. The two of you uh, cross that one out of your ledger. Uh, it turns to try to take control of what Lillian is presenting it and then you take the immediate and swift reprisal uh, to shuffle it off the uh, well abominable mortal coil and then by initiative it would fall to Jack um, so there's only one left yeah the one on the doctor yeah I will uh, lead to uh, attack Okay, very good. Um, I probably should not roll the damage die until I rolled the attack. <laughs> a little presumptuous over there. But you are at advantage because multiple combatants are fighting. That would be a nine under uh, 75. Okay, that's an impale. And that is 11 altogether. 
Okay. So between you and Sam, you free the doctor from uh, the, uh, well, crappy grips of his uh, potential opponent. Uh, Doctor, you immediately feel way better because you're not being choked. That that was, uh, yeah. When it turns to face the two of them, does it dismiss me as less of a threat? It it does. It, It only turns to face them for a moment before Jack essentially cuts it in half. Fantastic. Uh, Then Doc goes about bandaging the wound that he received from the giant crab claw. Yeah, there... There's an awful lot, a lot of uh, crab meat here, Jack. Doctor, if you'd like to make a first aid roll, you can. I would. 23 under 68. That's a hard success, sir. Very good. You can staunch the blood and heal a a point of damage as the rest of the group is continuing to um, sort of recover from their surprise beach party. What are you doing? Catch up with everyone. Make sure that we're all hale and hearty. Uh, that was bracing, yeah. Well, that was fun. You know, why do you not like this ocean, Doctor? It's such a nice place. It's so calm. This is why I do not like the ocean. Doc grumbling as he walks down the beach towards the where they're headed. Clean off my newly acquired uh, p- pinch wound. Do you need help, Sam? I'm okay, Doc. Thank you. It myself is just like me know. You'll hear me screaming. At this point, who can tell you apart? Doc barely maintains the, the joking face as he walks. Maybe we should try to get closer to the uh, tree line. I'm sure there's nothing awful that's going to come out of there. Well, at least it won't be underground. Right. Maybe. You head in a little bit. Why don't you all give me listen rolls? That's an 88 out of 20. All right, Miss Lane. A 25 out of 79. Very good. Hard success. Uh, 98 out of 47. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, 98 out of 47 is a fumble. Right. Very good. I don't hear a damn thing. Uh, It's worse than that. Uh, Mr. Drummond. 36 out of 60. All right. Uh, 53 under 75. Uh, Hard success, 28 under 63. So, Miss Lane and Sam... Those are our only hard success. Uh, the two of you hear the sound of an engine getting louder. Does it sound like a like a vehicle engine or something bigger? No, it sounds like something bigger. Like a boat? Could be. Jack, you're staring back into the ocean during this time, into the lagoon. And there is a definite feeling like there's something beneath the water here. And it sort of, it gets you transfixed for a few moments. And then after a a minute, uh, people are moving again and you are suddenly back among it, the group. Are we still, um, I mean, Jack had us move up near the tree line, but we're still visible to the shore. Like if somebody came riding by on a boat, they'd yeah, be able to see us. They would. Okay. Um, well, I'm gonna. I, I am gonna say. Um, do you get? Do you guys hear that? It sounds like somebody's 
something's coming. Yeah, something pretty big turned on somewhere. Yeah, we should probably head into the trees to be less visible. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Doc books his head out, out of a bush. But yeah. Okay. So you guys are going to head a little bit more towards the what makes for a tree line here? Yeah. I will be paying pretty close attention to the ground uh, as I I wasn't I didn't necessarily expect to get jumped by uh, you know giant fauna but now that I know I'm looking for tracks of other potential giant predators that might uh, happen upon us hungrily okay that's a fantastic idea why don't you make a track roll that's success of 48 under 76 oh yeah yeah they're here you kneel down and start looking at some of the indentations in the dark sand here and some of the um, well blighted landscape that's around and you see that there are footprints or something like footprints all over the sand here it's not that there are no tracks it's not that there are a single or couple pairs of tracks it's that now that you see what the tracks look like, there's markings all over this beach. They're not necessarily just people. Well, given what you've seen before, hard to say. This place is crawling. I don't, I don't know that any place is necessarily safer than any other, but I guess out of sight is best. So. As you're continuing your move south, keeping towards the tree line, I'll have you all make a spot hidden roll. Hard difficulty. 63 out of 75. Miss Lane. 74 out of 88. Okay. 66 out of uh, 75. Spot spot hidden, man. Oh, I'm sorry. 99. I don't don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) Mr. Drummond? 62 out of 55. Okay. Doctor? That is a 65 under 80. Okay. And Sam? Uh, I got an extreme success, 12 under 85. In the distance, Sam, in the water, you see it. You match the sound for the sight, finally. And you see the, the first, you see the first sight of the prow of a ship that cuts through the water and now you match it with the engine sound and you see New China's boat making a beeline for the shore just south of you that makes sense so they were coming in pretty quiet but we're gonna have company pretty soon about a minute later everyone begins to hear what sounds like a higher pitched sound for a second almost a whining in like a, a real high pitched sound does it sound familiar at all um no okay no not familiar and then the beach is greeted to the south with a splash a huge splash of water as the new china boat makes its arrival near the shore and that's when you see like two dozen men, they start diving off the boat and into the into 
into the water and then into the sand beach. And they form up into packs of six to eight and they start firing themselves deeper into the island with rifles. Must be nice to be so organized. Yeah, what? Come on, we're organized. <laughs> um, you know, maybe we should go in the island deeper in too. Obviously, there's nothing south of here other than... Well, I mean, they're probably going toward the center of where the action's going to be. Right. We'll see if we can't, uh, you know, angle our way that way. Okay. So the differences here in the vegetation and the height of things is sort of an issue. Like, you can hang out near the tree line, but there is a definitive elevation difference that you would have to climb up to get into. And so you're going to have to find some pathway or something like that deeper in uh, to where you want to get or you're going to have to climb the side of this vegetation yeah let's go look for a pathway I don't, I don't think climbing is our strong suit most of us anyhow <laughs> okay fair enough um do I, I i feel like that's probably a good a pretty good place to keep an eye on things so i will i will ascend um and watch them from there or at least i'll plan to assuming i don't fall on my ass Okay, go ahead and make me a climb roll. Success, that's a 72 under 76. Okay, you begin your climb. Uh, the rest of the team is moving south. Uh, you get down to this portion, this sort of inlet where the boat is, and you can see that a couple people have made, a couple people have continued to get off the ship. One of them is Jack Brady. Uh, he's dressed in sort of the same military fatigues you have seen him in before that sort of pattern not pattern but um, the faded green clothing that you've seen him in he has his knee high boots on strapped to his back is the Thompson and he has a pistol out makes his way forward onto the beach and he basically nods to you and points up the, mm-hmm. the pathway I'll follow along uh, it isn't too far up the pathway before you start hearing gunfire. It's first, it's just a single shot. And then just like any sort of memory of battlefields that some of you have taken part in, in in the great war, you start hearing that peppering burst of fire. The gunshots that whiz through the jungle and the vegetation here, the men screaming orders and then hearing combat as it begins to roll out and echo through the trees here. And Brady's pace quickens. Uh, So for you, Sam, you have the opportunity to, uh, I guess, explore this portion of the jungle. There's no pathway here. So you are, once you climb and ascend to that portion, you were going to lose sight of the rest of the group because of the elevation difference and the perspective. Um, but you are afforded, you know, a sort of your own portion of this jungle. Like, well, I can see, I can see the drop off where the path is, right? Um, it's pretty dense. Uh, you can, you can see, you know, where they're going visually speaking anyway. Yeah. Um, as long as I can move in that direction, I will, I'll stay pretty close to the, to the tree line, but, I don't want to deal with like unsure footing or anything. So um, I will continue. Once we hear the gunfire and everything, I'm not too worried about uh, being super quiet, but I will try to remain unseen. 
And uh, if I do <clears throat> have opportunities to kind of peer over the edge and spot the group, um, then I'll do so. Just to make sure I don't lose them. Yeah, you're going to be hustling for sure. So yep. um, I'd like a track roll okay. to stay on top of everybody. That is a hard success, 38 under 76. Okay. So you encounter it for the first time as you move along this path, Jack. You encounter a a large, we'll say nine and a half or so feet tall, stone statue to the bloated woman. And you see it in all of its form. This looks like it was chiseled out of the rock of the island. Okay. I guess this is the right path, huh? The bloated woman's mouth is open. It is covered in sharpened teeth and the stains that this statue carries make it feel like um, an altar of sorts. There's some unrecognizable offerings in her mouth. You all see that, but given Jack's affection for statuary pieces, he notices it first. Step up beside Jack as he's standing mouth agape. Jack, we have to um, perhaps assume that maybe this is not figurative. Yeah, no, I I agree. Mm. Still an interesting piece, yeah? Yeah. So let's keep We'll get it on the way back. <laughs> Pass Jack on the shoulder. You continue up this pathway. Uh, you are able to keep your eyes on them, Sam, but you also get the intense feeling that you are not alone in this jungle. Well, that also means that if something were to jump them from the path, I might see it coming. You might. So I will try to remain uh, hidden from it whatever it or they are and i know they're here mm. i i can't i can't not i can't unsee their tracks now so they are here um, somewhere right yeah all right um you all approach the village which is currently under siege so the way i'd like to play this out is i'd like to know what level involvement the investigators want to have with what they're seeing in front of you so there are about we'll say 10 to 12 members of New China that are currently in what is for better off a half gunfight, half melee with many of these hybrid creatures that you saw from the boat. Um, Actually, I would try to use their fight as cover for us to sneak around and deeper into the uh, I'm guessing that this village is where it uh, is probably a path or something on the other side uh, it's hard to see here um, keep in mind too we're going to start get picking up some environmental variables you're now under a complete jungle canopy right which means you are no longer getting standard daylight you're mm-hmm. getting half daylight at best and then there is f- effectively open warfare going on around you so the, the chaos therein is going to be a little strenuous to deal with. All right. Well, I'm going to, I think we should uh, skirt the village through the jungle. Brady says, you do what you need to do. I'm doing what I need to do. Right. And he um, basically holsters the pistol and 
pulls out the Thompson and runs to the rest of the men in New China to support them. If you're going to skirt the village, if that is the plan, then I would like stealth rolls, which I'll give you advantage on given the chaos of the combat. 37 out of 20. Okay, fair enough. Miss Lane? Got a 45 out of 20. Okay. Jack? I got a 24 out of... uh, That's a good question. 82. Jeez. Wow. Mr. Drummond? 55 out of 70. All right. Doctor? 8 under 28. Uh, uh, Hard success? Yeah, very nice. And then Sam? Uh, Extreme success, 13 over 95. Okay. So that is a few failures. Um, You will end up drawing some attention trying to get around the village. And so I'll leave you with this. Skirting the south portion of the village, you feel is likely your best advantage. You know about where the volcano is. It's fairly clear anyway, just by the size of the village that you're seeing through the, the palms and the, well, the flora that's here. This isn't where Aubrey's built his main location. This is a staging area, if nothing else. Or it's a place for these weird fish people to live. But skirting it south, you pick your way through some of the foliage. And they... You get the intense feeling and then that one which is bolstered by fact as there just seems to be so many of these people. These strangely mutated and altered men or former men and women who now exist in this space where they are no longer human. There's something else. And They're everywhere. They're behind all sorts of trees. They're along the path. They're tackling members of New China, biting them, stabbing them with rudely fashioned weapons. And as you make your way south along the path here, or around the village to get to the next path, they come out of the the jungle and, and begin to enter your space with these mouths filled with hatred for anything which is not one of them. Walking down through the streets of Shanghai at this late hour, we see Stasi moving amongst the shadows here in this sort of dance that begins. And you're dancing for a very important reason at this point. Not a waltz or a foxtrot by any means, but you are dancing around crowds, crowds filled with agitated workers, agitated students who are beginning to cause not just duress, but damage as you get the the vibe, the feeling and the evidence that Shanghai is beginning to boil over. And this dance that you work back and forth from building to building, biding your time, moving fast when necessary, is evidence that 
something deeper is going on here. And so what I want you to do is I want you to have, I want, I want you to make me a spot hidden roll to see if you pick up on some of the additional information that's evident here in the streets. That is an 89 over 65, so. Okay. I'm, I think I'm fairly focused. I am going to spend a hand of fate in your favor and make that a success. Thank you, Patreon, for the hand of fate. You notice a couple of things. There are student agitators who are sort of rabble-rousing, and they're getting into... They're sort of the chaos portion of this theory. There are the workers who are more numerous than the student agitators, and they are focused and chanting and holding signs. They're not really doing a ton of damage on their own, but it's the third group. The third group is the most concerning. Those are the people who are standing in back of the workers or to the side and carefully watching or handing out signs. They are the support portion of what you are seeing. And about 80% of them are women. And a good half of that 80%, you can tell with your trained investigative eyes, about half of them are armed. And so as you're making your way towards the bun, towards the, the waterfront to find this vessel, you're beginning to see the wheels of this city sort of lock into place and how the forces who are trying to push change here are going to try to grind Shanghai to a, to a halt. And if they can, it'll be sort of like the dog that catches the car. Won't really know what to do with it, you think. And that's probably one of the more concerning portions of what you're seeing. Really hope somebody has a plan in place because if they can lock up the harbor and the commerce district with riots and fires and all out, you know, fighting against people, groups like the Green Gang. What do they do next? And so I'll ask you, as you're making your way through these shadows, what are you doing next? How far do I have to go to get to the harbor from where I'm at? Uh, it's probably a mile on foot. And unfortunately, the mileish or so that it is, is a rigorous, heavy metropolitan area. You know, it's, it's a position where, you know, the river, multiple rivers meet. There's a consulate nearby. There's all the big hotels are nearby. There's a police station. It's, it's a minefield to try to get through. I think what I'll do is as I'm heading that direction, I will look for the groups, maybe larger groups, more of the students um, or the more innocuous groups, the ones that don't look like they're ready to firebomb everything in sight, sure. but that are protesting, mm -hmm. that are speaking out, that are that move, are moving in the general direction that I'm headed. And in between 
I will, um, so I'll ingratiate, I'll kind of like ingratiate myself with them, maybe find a sign and carry with and just look like I am part of the group as I move through until maybe they turn off in a different direction or maybe they start to come closer to um, the, you know, police groups of police. Um, and then I will kind of gently put down sign, break away, uh, maybe you know, if there's hotels, um, bars, that sort of thing. Um, I will try to blend in as, as I move down. So sometimes being a part of a group where I can move within that group uh, in a general direction and then be out of that group when it looks like either they are going the wrong direction or they are going to possibly be confronted uh, by opposing groups. Okay. I think what I'll call for is a persuade role. I think persuade is a reasonable skill here in this case, because what you're really trying to do is create the atmosphere that you're sort of, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. Here's how I'm going to blend in. I'm one of you as you sort of pick your way through. And then also, you know, maybe hand off your sign here and maybe go a little bit further and use it as a way to, to mix in. And a, being fluent in Cantonese should help. Certainly. So I will be utilizing my language skills on that one as well. Um, so persuasion. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that one's better. Okay, I was just checking against other things. <laughs> yes, that is a, that is a success. Eighty-one under eighty-five. Very nice. Make sure you tick your box. Successful skill use is a very important. You weave your way through the crowd, uh, offering um, up the uh, appropriate uh, deferences and the appropriate encouragement to your fellow protesters mm -hmm. as they have quickly accepted you as one of their own, mostly because they'll take any sort of encouragement they can get. Uh, and you make your way very carefully through the crowds, all the way down to the Bund and the waterfront. You can see here on the waterfront too, it only having been a couple of days where the sort of burned out warehouse sits not too terribly far um, from, uh, from this point in the river. I will try to find a, a vantage point to see if I can basically take in um, the activity that's going on in the area that mm -hmm. particular uh, that I may have to get be get through that is between me and <laughs> actually getting finding a boat uh, and then I will also be scanning to see what, what options I have in terms of uh, boat boats boat facilities um, transportation across the water I'm also going to be keeping an eye out for any sign of the group or mm. maybe what anything they may have left in their wake <laughs> mm. so i think the easiest way to the easiest way to see if you can pick up on anything that you that might be sort of in that vein would be a track roll um, and that's sort of you trying to <laughs> you knowing your query trying to track down kind of knowing their modus operandi, what, what they would be after, what they would be up to. Ooh, that is a four. Ooh, what's your track? 
Uh, I actually don't have it, so. So it's base? Base 10. Okay, so it's hard so, success. Oh, wow. Yay. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you work your way north and east, seeing that uh, many of the boats here just wouldn't fit uh, for what their needs were. If they're talking with that map going far across the sea, many, many, many miles. These local fishing boats that you see positioned here are not it. And some of the bigger boats here that do cargo hauling, uh, even if they do cargo hauling sort of long term uh, under wonder voyages, the sheer number of people it takes to operate a ship like that, that that's not going to work either. You know your friends, your fellow investigators well enough to know that None of them are sailors by trade. And so you keep working along and working along. And you come to a berth not terribly far from uh, what looks like a a shipyard here that's north of uh, the main Bund commercial section. And you see that there is a notice there. You see it in Cantonese uh, that this berth was going to be used in the morning. It's reserved. And there's no boat there. And then you sort of look around and you see a couple of men to your right, about two o'clock or so, who are at a slip and they're having some sort of argument. By chance, is this anywhere around the area that I was originally observing that that smuggling boat that uh, of Madame Lynn's? No, this isn't oh, okay. near there. Okay. This is far north of that. Far so that, that okay. position would be more south. Okay. South the general curve in the bun where the commercial district is. Okay. So I'm, uh, looks like they grabbed a boat. Smart. Can I get closer to those two, or at least within earshot of those two men arguing? Certainly. So I want to see if I can pick up and understand what the argument's about. Yeah, it seems that... um, Because I'm pretty sure I know, but I just want to (laughs) confirm. Yeah, it it seems that they're arguing about a boat not being tied up. And they're going back and forth about how, you know, this boat was pretty important. And it was one of the only boats that they had that was able to move ship to ship that didn't require, you know, all this back and forth. And one man is, is protesting heavily that he tied it up, that it was here, that someone stole it. Mm-hmm. And the other man is obviously beside himself because it's part of their business. And why don't you make me a listen roll? You know, I'm going to use some luck and I'm going to make that a success. Very good. Uh, you hear a carriage approach behind you. I turn to take a look and see what I'm see what's coming. Uh, there is a fairly ornate carriage arriving on the upper section of the uh, the wharf here. It's not too terribly far from you, actually. It's probably about maybe 10 or so feet. And you see a couple of horses arrive and arrive this very elegant, very ornate carriage arrives. It probably doesn't hold more than three or four people. Uh, and out step several women in beautiful red robes with ornate yellow dragons on them. And behind them steps out Madame Lynn. 
I, I just, I observe. I want to see what she does because I have a feeling that this may, if this was one of her boats, or is she like looking in our direction? Oh, I don't think that there's any doubt in Stasi's mind that that's where she's looking. Is the boat or me? It's you. Me. Okay. Ah. <sighs> Go. So I. Deep breath. I walk to her. I go to her. Okay. The um, three women that sort of surround her in like this little little clamshell of a protective state. Uh, you can tell that that um, they're very surreptitiously armed. Um, but Madame Lynn seems very passive at this point. She's not raised any sort of um, alarm or made any sort of aggressive gestures. I will stop within a reasonable distance that we can speak, but not too close so that I do not, I don't put her bodyguards on alert. Mm. Well, good to see you again. Quite the carriage. Yes, a gift from my father. It seems that current events seem to be going your way. She nods very slowly. I understand that there was a boat stolen this evening. I was just discovering that myself. These gentlemen seem to be very put out about that. Mm. You wouldn't happen to know who stole it? Oh, goodness. I mean, in this climate, it's so hard to say. I mean, there's unrest and talk of revolution at every corner. Hard to tell. I myself was just as curious, which is why I, well, you caught me just as I was coming to enjoy the beautiful view and discovered this empty, empty slip myself. The revolution is here. That is true. But it is only in its infancy. It has not yet reached its peak. Oh, no. No, no, I agree. I think that there is uh, opportunity in these sort of things. There is always opportunity when one looks for it. Hmm. Are you looking for it? Well, as feeling rather exposed being here, you know, just a young woman wandering around a city alone without... Any sort of, and I glance at the the three women, because just with dart of the eyes, uh, you know, without any protection. Uh, it seems my compatriots have headed out um, on some grand adventure, and I wasn't quite in, uh, wasn't quite ready to join them. So now I seem to be making up some time. Hmm. I understand that the incident at my house had something to do with you. There's a slight clench to my jaw when she mentions that. It was an unfortunate accident. Hmm. And one that will uh, not be forgotten soon. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. 
My apologies for the mess. I find myself at a rather <laughs> an unusual loss of words on that. Well, let me give you one. Chun. It was not a mess. Her name was Chun. She had the rather unfortunate fate to run into you. I don't know what you were searching for. I don't know why you were in my house. Uninvited. Oh, I thought... I thought you and I still had some business. But I'll admit, in this particular case, I cannot provide the flattery of saying that I was there for you. Mm. I was there for my friends. Because when one notices a rather large creature such as the one that was out on the lawn coupled with two party members crashing through a window one tends to fear the worst and sometimes the decisions that we make based on duty or some type of responsibility to others causes us to be put in positions we do not expect to be. I tend to agree. I do not like to be put in this position. I had to explain to Chin's family what happened as best I could and offer some sort of recompense for their loss. Let's put the cards on the table. What is it you want? I'm here. I'm alone. My compatriots have gone ahead to take care of a small bit of business that you are aware of. I'm aware that your compatriots have left on a boat bound for some far-off island. One which has been kept secret from most of Shanghai for many years. Of course, it has not been able to be kept secret from me. Because as Ho Fang has his network, I have mine. And as you and I both know, sailors talk. Most especially when they're plied with whiskey. And the suppleness of what they desire. I'm going to offer you an opportunity. One I would not normally offer someone in your position. But you're a fairly skilled woman. And I appreciate the value of that. In exchange for making certain that you reach the island with a boat capable crew, once the situation is resolved, you will return here to pay back the loss. Stasi Sanser, thanks. Very obviously, think in deep in thought for just a moment. Well, you certainly know how to show a girl a good time. <laughs> and also, when to take advantage of an opportunity. As it seems, I truly do not have much of a choice. But you are right. I owe a debt. 
And I will pay it. Very well. Get me to the island. And for what it's worth, I give you my word that at the end I will return to you. She should not have died. And that is on me, accident or not. Now, I will provide you with transportation. I have a ship bound for this dock within the hour. They will stop, they will pick you up, and they will head to this island. They are not staying. I understand. Good. She steps back a bit. And she looks off towards the the nightlife of Shanghai, as it were, and says, by the time you return, perhaps more changes will have occurred. She folds herself back into the car, into the carriage, and her guards sort of suck back in one by one. And it makes a very long procession down the wharf until it can actually make a turn. You have an hour, which is spent probably sitting on the pier, trying to pull yourself together. I will find a spot of out of the way watch the lights of the city listen to the sounds I'm sure I'll hear the hints voices of protests and some of the clashes the sounds coming from maybe the local bars and just sit there and soak it in. And so that's where I'll leave you this episode of Masks of New Nothotep. We've reached Grey Dragon Island, for better or for worse. And we look forward to seeing you next week.